Welcome to Artistic Beginnings. I'm Mitch. And I'm Melody. We're siblings who grew up working in the entertainment industry, and we're deeply impacted by the arts. I'm a professional actor, singer, and dancer working in Los Angeles and New York, still pursuing an artistic career. I, on the other hand, am no longer pursuing that career. I went on to become a researcher, though I'm still involved in the creative industry. Artistic Beginnings is all about the winding artistic paths that creatives follow in their lives. We share these inspirational stories with you so that you can learn and grow as a creative. So, let's get into it! My name is Brennan Martin, and I am a childhood friend of both Mitch and Melody Hollis, if that is their real name. (laughs) It is true. Could you imagine Um, if it wasn't? (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Like, I I actually go by Levi. uh, Exactly. I'm a Capricorn. (laughs) Are you a Capricorn? (laughs) Yeah, I'm a goatfish. I didn't know that. Yeah. I always thought, hmm. I you're the one that knows the uh, i know but i don't i don't know them anyway oh, okay. yeah yeah okay well, <laughs> our, po- our podcast welcome is not about zodiac mitchell Hello, i'm happy to be Thank here yes, regardless no. of whether or not you're a capricorn oh thank you i appreciate that <laughs> i am a scorpio so, which i don't really know exactly what that means but that that's actually always everybody's reaction is like, your reaction oh. do people usually yeah is that like, usually it, the yeah, reaction it's of not, like oh, it, it sounds like it's not a good thing here's the thing with scorpios and then we'll actually get into the podcast. <laughs> that sounds piercing i well so scorpios get a really bad reputation for like somewhat of a good like there's a majority the majority are like straight men that are scorpios suck <laughs> like mm. but they're like they're just very passionate and they are very aggressive but people tend to take that as like not a good thing uh and also everyone just loves to shit on some zodiac sign but i tend i find that most people shit on gemini's which i find really funny uh because dad's a gemini and he does not have any of the traits that people are like oh they're so two-faced and you can't trust Mm -hmm. them and i'm like he's the most trustworthy person ever i don't know what you're talking about anyway it's almost like astrology isn't a real science it right wow (laughs) We're my my, my right. rebuttal to this is that dad is the exception of the rule that proves the rule. There you go. Oh. Okay. So I mean, there's drop. also the whole thing of like, <laughs> well, the calendar has changed. So your sign isn't really your sign. And you're actually, you know, the sign before you or the sign after you, which I mean, it's just fun to look at. And like, you can be like, oh, I agree with those things about myself. But yeah. <laughs> Well, welcome to our new podcast. Um, Zodiac. We just talk about debunking all all Zodiac things. Um, But back to our series. Um, We're going to learn a little bit about uh, Brendan, but also the main topic we're going to talk about is a little part of his story, not his whole story. So college is the theme of the month. The Mm -hmm. theme of the month is college. We've done a few episodes on it so far, unintelligibly. So we brought in an expert who actually went to college. Yeah, for, you know, the arts. Hi. <laughs> um, yeah. And we did it. We we got somebody on. Yeah. It's amazing. Awesome. So before we, we jump in, though, uh, maybe just kind of a, a brief background. Do you have like a, a quick elevator pitch on, on who you are? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I realized I just went into the to the joke uh, in the in the in the real intro. So I I grew up in the Midwest in Chicago with Mitch and Melody. Uh, and I, of course, met you through doing theater in the Chicagoland area and five year old me wanted to be an actor more than anything in the world. And I spent most of my adolescence acting professionally around Chicago at the local theaters and grew up loving the art form. I had the opposite of a stage mom. My my family didn't have a theater background. They did not understand why this kid wanted to do this or how this worked. 
And so it was always driven by me in this desire to do it. And it was only in my, um, I would say, post puberty years of teenage life when all of a sudden, oh, my God, your body doesn't just do exactly what you tell it to do at that moment. And your voice makes weird noises like I was like, weird that acting isn't as easy and fun anymore (laughs) that I realized I was like, okay, I have a love for this idea of making art and specifically live art form like I was not ever a good drawer or anything like that but I was like what does that what does that mean if this isn't it's no longer just entertainment it's actually a passion for me what what is it and that I came to the conclusion that I actually would really love to be a director some of that is maybe just an egotistical opinion of like why create a character when I could create the whole world um so there you go uh, <laughs> when when did you uh make that realization in in your process yeah I think I was probably Probably about 14. I think it was very early in high school. You know, I think for a lot of a lot of people, when you think about theater, you only think about acting because that's all anybody understands. Like, you know, no, I don't think anybody at age four is like, I'm going to be a costume designer. Right. Like um, acting is sort of the only thing that's ever is pitched to kids. So I, I think it did probably take me longer than it should have when you think of how many years I was in theater to be like, oh, I can do that. I can do things that are not just be the actor. Like mm-hmm. my love of this does not have to be confined to the stage. And so then so then I, you know, got in my head like, what does it mean to be a director and like gonna do all that and spent my time in high school still, I would do like the plays that my high school was doing, you know, that's still a great way to social uh, right. yeah. you know, and all the whatnot that I think we all do in terms of just trying to create uh friend groups. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. in adolescence yeah. and then ended up going to college for theatrical directing and got a degree in it there you go that's that's not who i am i'm the one who went yeah. to college for theatrical directing <laughs> that's it well that's it that's <laughs> yeah. end of story um actually we will catch you off there because we will touch on on what happened after college but i'd love to dig a little deeper into that that kind of time frame and would like to go back to even before you started college yeah. right in in high school and can you talk a little bit about how what you were thinking about during that time and how you were making the decision to weigh out the pros and cons maybe of going to college for that and and what you you were considering yes i have so many opinions on this um Good. and so I will, I will try and also give be them all great <laughs> I will try and be truthful to what I was aware of at the time and try and make that and also make clear then like the lesson learned and and sort of like the the trap we all fall into and things like that. So feel free to like point out and be like, really? And I'll be like, "Mm, okay, that's maybe a little reflective. (laughs) Um, So at the time, I definitely fell into the trap that I think every American artist falls into. I'm going to use that as a preference. I'm only going to speak for the U.S. in terms of this approach. Just. We'll put that out there. Because it's very different everywhere else. (laughs) But we can only think of the arts as a commodity and a business. And that is not true for other forms of higher education. You know, if somebody's like, oh, I'm interested in economics, you don't you or like even if you want to be a lawyer or anything, you don't think about necessarily like, oh, I'm going to go because I have to get these specific skills for this job and that's all I have to do. You think about, oh, well, I need a degree because I need to be well-rounded, blah, blah, blah. But the arts are something where we have to sit there and go, everybody has told us that it's a terrible way to make money. And so we don't think about, oh, how am I going to like make myself a better person and give myself the education or education style I need? I go, what is going to set me up 
to best make money after the fact. So what does this business require? Not like what kind of art do I want to make or how can I push the boundaries of art? It's this is a business that I see that's either in LA or New York. And how am I going to make money in that business? And I'm going to work backwards from that point. And so that's that's the trap I definitely fell into as well of going there are you know, there are options that were in front of me. Basically, when I was thinking of schools, I I happened to be good in school. So I had some really good college options and then I had like really good theater college options. So Mm -hmm. at, at the end of the day, my two decisions were between Stanford, which is where I went, which is, you know, a CS school that is not known for the arts in any way but you know any any mother would love to hear that you're getting a degree stanford, from stanford yeah. <laughs> um or nyu i was accepted to tish to be one of eight in their directorial oh, program that. that year amazing honor like awesome i had to fly to like to atlanta to like do the audition and like mm-hmm. i went in for it and they and they and they gave it to me and they were they were in and i was in but i had to make a decision that i think a lot of people make because we think of it as a business to go i have a lot of qualities mm-hmm. is talent my largest because am i am i able to go all in on this and risk everything else for this to be my life i had to make the decision that like I wasn't willing to give up the other things and push for that. And so I did choose Stanford. I mean, financial aid reasons as well, blah, blah, blah. But even though even though I don't feel like I ever consciously made the choice going like, oh, that means that I didn't believe in myself enough. Mm-hmm. I think it's 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 subconsciously in there that mm-hmm. we're that we ask all like 17 year olds in this country to go. Do you like you either have to be so foolhardy that you have it and that doing anything other than everything for this is like either enough or not enough. And if you're not willing to say it's everything, then you shouldn't do it. Is I mean, that's not what we actually should be doing, but that's what happens. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yep. it's interesting that a lot of arts and, and performing arts, like specifically, that's the thought process. Whereas I feel like it's not the case for if you go to school for psychology, they're like, oh, well, yeah, if you're like somewhat interested in it, you should go there and get a degree there. But if you decide that instead you're interested in like chemistry or something, you can mm. just switch and it's yeah. easy yeah. as that. It's very much an uh, all or nothing approach, which is... A lot to put on a 17-year-old. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's the first decision we're usually making for ourselves. Yeah, um, for your future. Yeah. You know, and also, like, because as artists, we're not, you know, because we're programmed to think of it as a business, we don't think about our own education within that. You think about getting the skills. There's nothing wrong with a conservatory, right, in which you're going to get mm-hmm. skills and knowledge and things like that, but... Right. You know, I don't think I I think very few people probably pick Juilliard because they're like, oh, that's my learning style. That's how I'm going to learn best is in a structured environment, you know, and that's the type of education that's going to fulfill me as a person. They probably just go Juilliard equals this. And the nameplate. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And, you know, the the opposite. There there's probably many people who are at a conservatory that don't realize that they would work in a better educational environment for the, you know, not even just for their own art, but for their own selves as people like in a college area. And there's a lot of people who probably go to college who go, oh, I don't actually have the self-drive to force myself to do all those extra things of like learning that dance step and learning those things. Right. And I actually would have only developed those skills if I was at a conservatory where they force you to do it. So that it's not that one is necessarily better than the other. It's that right. we, yeah. we make the decision the wrong way. And I did too, where I made it where if I don't believe 100% that like I am guaranteed going to be successful at this, then I can't risk it 
because I'm, I have to sacrifice all those other things because I only think of it as a business. I never right. thought of it as actually like, it wasn't until I was in college that I was like, oh, how I actually interact with art and my thinking about art and the study of it is different than the execution of it. And I never once asked myself that question in high school. And that's like the biggest mistake I think I ever made was never asking myself that. So given that information, do you think you had made the same decision? Yes, I think I ended up in the right place. I think my... You know, whether or not it was self-doubt or just self-preservation or ego to be able to just like be able to always be able to say that I had Stanford and be like, you know, it'll be there or not, but Stanford, you know, or whatever (laughs) it is, it definitely for me ended up being the right place. And I spent a lot of time there, you know, when wanting much more a conservatory type feel of like, you know, for, somebody forced me to read these plays and somebody forced me to, to do this. And they're very much more of like, you know, the Socratic method of like, we're going to ask you the question and you need to discover the answer for yourself. You know, I wanted someone very much to tell me this is how it works and these are the rules. And, you know, and in a liberal arts education, that's not what is there. But it was actually it was there that I realized I was like, oh, I was totally thinking about this the wrong way because I was only ever thinking of it as a business. And I was never thinking about like how, you know, live performance is changing over time and like, where is it going to be and how am I going to be ready for that? And my own thinking of my own principles of that. And so that was that was sort of the wide awakening in college of like, oh, I'm so lucky I made this choice because this is the only way I would have actually learned the the types of things I wanted to learn. Mm -hmm. I love that. So when when you were going through the process of making that decision and as you were you were doing it, were there uh, you said there were other factors, you know, like um, financial aid, Mm -hmm. those kinds of pieces. Was there any point in that experience where you were really questioning whether that was the right path for a a degree or was Mm -hmm. it always that was the degree you're going to take? And it just the question was where you were going to go with it or was it like you were going to go for another Mm. part of college? Uh, I think, I think for me, I had always had it instilled in me that college was the next step separate of like the arts thing. It was just like education wise, college was always sort of mentioned and assumed, but it wasn't ever clear to me as a high schooler, how one would be able to even do directing in the real world without college. I don't think that's true for actors, right? I think you just, you, you actually believe the opposite. You believe I just have to audition and I have to be doing it all the time. But I think that my naiveness around how to even begin going about being a director meant that college felt like a great choice because Mm -hmm. then it would be somebody telling me Right. Like, yeah. Oh, like it would give you a little more. Yeah. It basically gave you that. Yeah. Like I was never entrepreneurial enough to be like, I'm going to start my own theater company like at 18 and I'm just going to direct. I'm just going to do it. You know, I and of course, what 17 year old doesn't believe they can just do it like we did. You know, you would. But I wouldn't. You know, how do you get a theater? How do you get a all of that? So I think I would have said then that it would be important not only just like for the additional education about how these things function and best practices, but also networking, which I think mm-hmm. is, you know, that that comes with like the idea of like picking your school, you know, like everyone wants right. to do the Yale MFA because you want the Yale MFA because that's where the connections are. I mean, it's also a really great school and that's the thing, but there's right. a reason why but everyone just agrees yeah. it's number one is because we all agree it's number one, then all everybody goes there and then the, and then the the mill keeps turning right yeah yeah Um, so crazy to think that that's like a thing where like if we just decided it was somewhere else that then it would all change yeah i mean i it it is just sort of like nyu is a great school and you know for you know for for tish graduate and yet nobody nobody ever goes like ah but like for directing or playwriting if you could go to yale you're gonna go to yale 
Um, right. And so that's yeah. like the weird thing there that it's like, I'm sure there's probably great people. And and, and how is that? Yeah. Is it just pers- it, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy or is there actually something mm-hmm. to it? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, we may never know. It is something that that you said kind of struck me, uh, and I guess we can jump uh, like a year or so like into your experience. But do you feel like you got a lot of that practical knowledge that you were hoping to get to like mm. understand how to pull together, uh, uh, like actually becoming a director in uh, school? Not enough. I got a lot. I went to a department that was actually very focused on the the scholarly and also performance studies as a whole so just Mm. it's at the time it was still just called drama they've since renamed it to theater and performance studies to sort of actually better show what it really was so the artists that came through most of them were performance artists so the people who would be teaching the directing course it was also a very small department most of the times i was taking classes with all the phd students because the visiting Mm -hmm. artist has come in to teach them about performance studies and so i know a lot about performance studies which i never thought but you know what it has made my theater better and if i was at tish i'm not sure somebody would have said actually you can learn a lot about the cutting edge if you look beyond traditional theater i mean they might have but like i it was really forced onto me with people like ann carlson and helen paris um like these people who would come in and be and be well known for making the most odd pieces of work that you would ever see you know the kind that almost like anybody on the right would be like how dare we put money into that from the national arts (laughs) um but you know and then so you just question and you go what is that what is important about that what isn't and and you have those things and that may Made me better at critiquing theater in a way that really broke down that idea of here because that's how I wanted it. Here are the rules. Here's what you do. You know, blah blah blah. Yeah. And then you, you try and like formula it out and like, oh, this is you know, why does it feel this way? Why does it not feel that? Has this been done before? Has it not been done before? I mean, going going where I went, there was also like a lot of student theater opportunity. You know, Stanford has money, so student groups had money. Like my senior project, I did with a, a student group, and that budget on that show was like I think over a hundred thousand dollars i mean you know they have to they have to make money money has to come in you know they have the thing but you know it's a hundred year old institute you know theater institution that's student run like it just keeps going and so like i got to do what i wanted to do and like with the resources behind it and you know that wouldn't have been offered to me at a different school but it was because i went to you know an ivy then that you know was there so most of the practical came from you know, working on student shows and like working with my Mm -hmm. other students and like doing that. But also I did work for the theater department while I was there. And I worked doing basically the job that I now do many years later, working for the woman who was running marketing at the time. And I helped her run the box office and I helped her, you know, like update the website and learn how to like sell the tickets and learn how to make a program and, you know, Mm -hmm. all the the logistical side of it. And I told myself at the time, I was like, well, it's important to know how all theater work. I worked in the scenic shop. You know, yeah. and like built sets. And now I actually know how a drill works, which 17 year old me did not. <laughs> That's great. All Good to life be well-rounded. Skills. All yeah. life skills. Yeah. No, it's true. I think especially with theater too, even if you don't use it ever again, you have an appreciation for it afterwards to know oh, yeah. what went into it, you know? Well, I have a very unpopular opinion uh, oh, based share. off of what uh, <laughs> Melody just said, which feel free to retort about. But I, I do believe that there is this trope of the actor theater person obviously this part isn't controversial which is just you give all to it and you focus on it and this is all you do i feel that people who do that are often 
I, I can't relate it completely, but I, so so this is a sweeping generalization here. People end up not being able to be good actors because it's not grounded in any kind of reality. I think there is a difference between talent and not talent, blah, blah, blah. But your job as an actor is to make the audience believe what you're doing. And that is very hard to do without any life experiences. It's also very hard to do if you have not lived things to understand the character itself, to understand their motivations, because you're really probably at your best as an actor when you can put have a seed of where they're coming from. You don't have to agree with it, but you can see where they're coming from. And that amount of reasoning about the world and the knowledge and the history and even just like general philosophy, basic logic is often not something that if you're 16 and you're going to like just focus on this one thing and this is all you're going to do and then you're just going to Juilliard and you're just going to do this and then you're wondering at age 22 why you don't know how to get in the mind of this other thing. Like not every experience is like so universal that you're going to understand it if you haven't had life ex- experiences of your own. Yep. It's not controversial. I, I, I think it's controversial. controversial to tell somebody that like you, you have to Maybe. have like lived life before you can be a good actor. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like both I could be speaking for Mitch without whatever. Anyway, I but I, I agree with that and I, you know, have always come from the idea that you do have to have life experience and you have to be a well rounded human being to be an actor. You can't just be an actor because if you're just an actor, then you have like <laughs> you have no life experience to pull from. And again, that can come in the area of like you were saying it's hard if somebody else has had a life experience that you haven't had you can still find a way to experience at least the emotions that they were feeling during that time or you know it's a tough situation but I do think you know life experience is so important for an actor and you have to do other things to make yourself a better actor because you're supposed to be you know portraying the world back to itself and you can't do that if you've only had one experience (laughs) I, I would have to agree. I think what I'm going to add to this is potentially make uh, going in a different controversial way, but it <laughs> it's the idea. Yeah. Well, offend everyone and you don't offend one person or mom. Uh, I don't know. This might, she might disagree. She's our only listener. If you don't know. Um, <laughs> She's not, but like she's one of she's five. She's not, but uh, she's. Uh, we like making the joke every once in a while that she's yeah. the only one that listens. We uh, we we know she's our, the only our one that, like, seven or listens or... consistently. Yeah, yeah. No, well, well, no. I mean, uh, oh, Richard, Richard listens yeah. more often. We 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 know everyone that uh, listens by yeah. their first name. Um, but essentially, the idea that I was going to say is life experience is important, but then it is going in the direction potentially where because there are so many people acting or pursuing it, if you have one life experience that matches the role, you will play that one role and no one else will be able to do it. And then that's the only role that they will play. And there will still be plenty of actors to choose from for casting directors, Mm. which kind of falls in line with a lot of the shows that you see that like these people become very famous playing the same person that they are in real life. They try to get another job they're the same person. And if that's successful, great. But they they are playing the same. They're not, I guess the controversial statement is they're maybe not an actor. They're just being themselves in a character. And that is being considered an actor yeah. rather than I, being the traditional actor that 
or performer that can be anyone and has life experience that can do everything. The common example is Meryl Streep, right? Where like she plays like it's Mm -hmm. stereotypical. And then you look at Jennifer Aniston and you're like, you're the same person in everything you do. No, I think that just boils down to the fact that there are probably more than just two types. Again, gross overgeneralization. But I think (laughs) there is very much that like people who play themselves in everything that they do with a bit of a difference, which great, good for them. Get your check. Go on. Do your thing. And then there are the people who can morph into different people, different, you know, everything. Yeah, I don't know if that would be a a different description of actor, but I mean, it's... Well, I, I, do th- I do think something you see in definitely the actors who are a jack of all trade. And I think in any artist is the idea of innate curiosity. Mm-hmm. I, I think people who are like scientists, you know, they're very curious about the world around them. And I think actors are too. I think we just happen to be interested in you know, more human People. realms, but yeah. you, you you actually happen to be interested in lots of things. So I, I sort of think that I, like, had I gone to a conservatory, like I was never actually going to a conservatory conservatory, because but like that lack of ever learning about the great books or a broader education or a broader world, that would have been detrimental to me and my curiosity and would have made me as not strong of an artist. And, you know, there are, there are some actors and dancers or anyone who out there, you know, or musicians probably is actually maybe a better example where you don't actually have to be that curious to, you know, to do that. You can just, you know, you, you, you can be an ex, you, you can execute and that is absolutely fine. But I think that, you know, it goes back to, you have to know that that's the question you're asking yourself when you're young and about what college means to you is about the education and not about the business because there is, there is no one answer that's going to like cover everybody. Oh yeah. And sweep it. And so how curious are you is the, is the question you need to ask yourself. That's That's honestly a really good question to, uh, cause, cause I do want to make sure that we touch on this. So we covered the thoughts about what you were thinking about when you were deciding to go to college, a little bit about what you were learning. I'd love to know on the backside of it, after having gone, what do you think was valuable and that you use in, mm. in your day? And like, did that shape the direction that you went in your career in outside of what you had already anticipated for yourself? Yeah. Studying theater was very fulfilling. You know, I, I grew up wanting, you know, to do theater and like that was going to be my goal. And that was going to be the only thing of how I wanted to spend my day. And college was the first time where like, that's what I did all day. Yeah. I mean, you know, so you still have gen eds and things like that, but I would, you know, my major was theater. That's what I focused on. It's how I spent my time. And so my time in college was a very positive experience of finally getting to be like, I can dive into this as much as I want and really getting to explore that. And I had always sort of romanticized the idea of, you know, going and I will read, I would read every Shakespeare play there ever was and take 20 classes in that. And I would read every Chekhov play there ever was. And I've read a lot of them and all of that, but actually found that that, yeah, it gives you a a great foundation of literature and theater and everything. But that for me, it was, it was important, but was not as all of a sudden fulfilling in, you know, intellectually as the other stuff was, because what ended up really actually being fulfilling was just sort of understanding what it really takes to make theater, watching productions from start to scratch, having artists who were meant to be researchers, basically, right. Who are like, we like, we're doing this because it's a new concept. Let me, let me give a, like a specific example. Okay. We're going to do this show, whatever it is, because we have research about the theater 
that was made in the Great Migration when India and Pakistan were split and all the tropes that came out of that that were written about from both sides at the time as everybody had to sacrifice their homeland. And there's many themes of like adoption and all these, you know, all these crazy, you know, and so it's like, oh, we're going to explore that. We're going to, we're going to do a show. We'll get to look at these themes. It's like, oh, that's really interesting. And it allowed you to also begin to like question the process of theater and the interest of things just beyond the product itself. The product was always still important, but this was the first time that it's like, oh, it it matters how the theater is made and it matters Mm -hmm. like what your focus is and it matter, you know, you have to balance all of these things. And so that for me ended up being much more interesting than dissecting the text, which is how I always thought life was going to be so great if I could yeah. just do it. And, like, and life is great when you dissect text, but the dramaturgical work and all of that other stuff became very interesting. And then so in life beyond that, I found that it's it helped me. I this was said to me in like one of the first times I ever had to do a performance review in my life, which is a, a terrifying experience where people <laughs> people who are like your superiors write their opinions about you and then have to talk mm. to you about it. So stressful. So fun. <laughs> I would hate and, that. <laughs> and also then, you know, and you know, the outcome of this is tied to your future compensation. All great. Mm-hmm. But what somebody said <laughs> to me was, oh, you know what you're really good at? You're you're really good at seeing the forest and the trees, mm-hmm. you know, statement of like, yeah. you know, basically you can you can see the big, big picture. picture. Small picture, yeah. But also know all the little mechanics in the thing. It's not like, oh, you don't understand how the, the stuff is working. And I really attribute that to like having to like learn like how to be a director and a stage manager, how to make like the show is going to happen. It's a big thing, but it matters. Oh, you know, it actually takes five seconds for that costume change to happen. So we're going to have to change mm-hmm. that. You know, I was like, that's I never thought of that. But yeah, that is I, I can clearly trait trace where this came from and the corporate world was like this is amazing like we can tell you something and you can execute it or you can point out like where something's not going to work without telling us that we can never have the whole show right you know right oh yeah sweet fix the little things it you know and also i took that for granted i was like oh i didn't know that that's a skill that was cool (laughs) and that other people didn't have you know just when you're surrounded by theater people like who are good at their job like that's what we are we're all doing all the time so i think that that was one of the the first things and also just Nothing like an, an immovable opening night to make you know how to go. Okay, it's it's happening. The train's moving. Gotta get your shit together. Yeah, we have to do this. Do we <laughs> like? Do we know a timeline? Do we know a thing? I you know I can very much sort of handle any sort of project based thing pretty well. And I actually so I did. I take took it. I think it was just last year. I went and just for the sake of it, got certified as a project manager to just be like, oh, might as well like be able Why to not? prove that you know. Yeah. I can be a stage manager so I can be a project manager. (laughs) Hey, same thing, different title. Yeah, seriously. I love that. Yeah, I really like those. Uh, Where I, I personally really like seeing those little nuggets of like skills that are transferable from the arts to other areas of life that people yeah, maybe don't so have. Many. Really points to the value of having arts in schools and that kind of thing. Also, part of our like reason why we started this podcast was mm-hmm. like that's a, an important part of how Melody and I grew up. So we want to explore how other people experience it. It sounds like you've had, you've pulled a lot of the same kind of value from either being in the arts and pursuing it in education and bringing that into your life afterwards. So super nice to hear. It has definitely improved my customer service voice whenever I have to deal with people I don't like. It's so true. (laughs) It really is. Cause you, yep. Yep. I know that. <laughs> you know exactly what to say, how to use the right inflections. <laughs> <laughs>
So we we have these final questions that we ask everyone. And uh, I, I guess before we jump into that, do you have any kind of final words of advice mm. for anyone that may be considering going to college for the performing arts of any kind or specifically directing like you did? Um, great question. I don't think so. I think I, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to you're going to not know what you want. When you're 17, it's going to change. And, and I'm not I'm not trying to tell anybody like, oh, you don't know anything. But I just mean like how much it changes or what the changes you will never be able to see coming. There is no amount of prep mm -hmm. for that. Like it wasn't until I was a sophomore in college that I was like, oh, no, this like my career choice is a freelance lifestyle. And the amount of stress I have applying for these internships, that's a freelance lifestyle is not going to work for me. You, right. Like and like 17 year old me would have never understood that concept. Right. And so I, mm -hmm. it's not I don't say anything to like scare them away from it because I, people do a lot of that. Try and tell you never go into that or don't do anything. That, but I will just double down on you only do get this one chance in your life to pick what your values are for your own personal education and who you want to be as a person. And you should think of the decision through that lens and not through the lens of what do I want to be when I grow up? which is mm -hmm. the fault. Like, you know, for the, for the yeah, artist, it's, you know, it's that trap of the business, but you really should just think about like what you want out of that four year period to better yourself. I love that. So it turns out that, um, I did the questions out of order. So <laughs> I was literally yeah. just about to say, <laughs> yeah, so that's actually, that ends up usually being our final question. So that, that was a great, great. response though. Thank so you, you we'll just, just edit it to the end. I trust you. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we can do that or we'll just keep the order and we'll just, we'll go backwards. Maybe. <laughs> Fair. Do you want to go backwards or can you go backwards? Yeah, let's go backwards. You you go, uh, you do the blue. Okay, great. Awesome. Uh, what keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? Oh. Mm. For a long time, it was the election. Um, but that feels a little bit of a cop-out answer because that would be probably anybody's answer. So, hmm. The thing that keeps me up at night a lot is wondering what 70 year old me will think and sometimes I try and avoid it where I go like it doesn't matter like they'll know everything and and sometimes it's all I can think about of like like uh, you have to think ahead will this have been a waste and I don't and I think the reason it keeps me up so much is because I don't know how to answer the question about whether or not it's even important that I'm asking that question and I think mm -hmm. that's why it will forever keep me up at night that cycle yeah it's that idea oh, of wow. like how to lead the best life and I don't know so you can make future you proud. Yeah. And is, and is future me going to judge me? <laughs> Judgmental bitch that I am. <laughs> <laughs> me, the answer is always yes. <laughs> future me will always, always judge past me, even if it's just 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I have the good fortune of always forgetting. So my future me doesn't, <laughs> doesn't know shit. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, so a little bit more of a lighthearted question. Uh, what's your favorite piece of art right now? It can be Ooh. music, movie, mm -hmm. TV show, anything. What is my favorite piece of art right now? All right. I'm going to be honest. I, I love everything about The Crown. I absolutely mm. love it. And obviously, so the new season just launched at this yes. week as of the time of yes. this recording. So that I'm going to go with is my thing. And I think for me, I mean, it, it, it's beautiful. It's well acted. It's amazing. But there's something about putting narrative to real life that just mm, brilliant. Right. So 
I'm sure this I'll be the like the season with Diana in it, right? This yeah, yeah, the first Diana, and of course, you know, and they're doing such a good job of like really making it that it's a Charles Camilla love story, and Diana's the the sacrificial lamb caught up in the middle, and you're just you know because you can't help but know what's going to happen. And, mm. Right? Yeah. Mm. So many layers. Um, layered like an onion. Yeah. All right, our last question, which used to be our first question: What do you think is the hardest thing about pursuing the arts? Separating your enjoyment from your ideas of success. Mm. Mm. So I'll, I'll, I'll use this anecdote, which I shouldn't use because I'm not remembering the actor's name. So this is bad. It's okay. That's okay. But they it's came right. and they talked when I was working at Google. It's one of the women from Orange is the New Black, but I don't remember. That's fine. It's okay. okay. And somebody, somebody did the question that you almost always cringe for someone to ask, which is like, how do you do it? How do you become the yep. famous actor? And her response was brilliant. It was, I've never heard of nothing happen from hard work. And it's basically oh, saying good. like, it yeah. doesn't like, yeah, you like, whether or not you're, you know, the Oscar winner, it, you know, there are going to be levels of luck in there. There's going to be things that are outside of your control. But if your thing is your passion and wanting to move it forward, hard work in that is how you're going to move. And you need to separate that between like what your idea of success is mm-hmm. in order to have any fun and enjoyment and improvement in your craft, because only one of those things is in your control, basically. Thanks for listening. For more information about the podcast, visit our website, www.artisticpodcast.com. If you liked the episode, do us a favor and share it with a friend. It's the best way to help people find our podcast and will help support the show. For updates on new episodes and content, you can follow us at The Artistic Pod on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next week. See ya.